Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey friends, Emergency Podcast here. Uh, Ash Barty has retired. I don't think you've ever heard of this news yet. Um, if you're also looking, there's a phenomenal picture that Von unearthed <laughs> of her when she was a kid. Um, you got to should take a look at this as well. So sad to break the news for you guys. But yeah, Ashley Barty has retired from tennis. And on a more serious note, um, it was pretty shocking. <laughs> Seriously, like she's 25 years old at the top of the world, pretty much like there wasn't much that we could think that should get better in her game. There wasn't many players that we could imagine that could challenge her on a regular, consistent level. So we just we were just in for a year of body domination, of body party, and she just decided to crash her own party and just quit, um, which honestly, all good for her. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, also, by the way, I'm I'm here with Owen and Vansh. Uh, this is... <laughs> Somehow a rarity at the tennis and bagels headquarters at this point, but we're all busy. We have lives. If you want to contribute, contribute us uh, some financial uh, means so that we can podcast for a living. We have a. Uh, <laughs> this um, is off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm just doing all of my plugs right now. <laughs> but you can check out like the um, what's what's the name again? I I don't mention this very often. I should do it more often. Buy me a coffee. It's on our link in the bio. I'm not gonna go into this much anymore. But in any, in any case, how are you guys doing? How do you guys feel about this? Well, well, Ash Vardy, if she's listening to this, is cringing at how we've dishonored her already. Um, I mean, the timing of this is shocking. Because like you said, she had been on top of the world, Australian Open champion without dropping a set, world number one. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, as as many people have said already, like she's not the personality type who is 100% dedicated to tennis, not in the way that... It's not that she doesn't give 100% because she does, but it's that there are other things in her life. Um, she's not singularly dedicated to tennis. And so I think from that standpoint, um, this makes sense. And like you were saying, Andre, like good for her, because I mean, if there are other things in her life that she's pursuing that are more attractive than winning like a handful more slam titles, millions of dollars in prize money, then she's got a great life ahead. Um, so I'm happy for her. Yeah. How about you, Vash? Yeah, uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the um, journalistic finding. Congratulations for <laughs> me unearthing a photo that nobody has ever seen before on Twitter. <laughs> but, but no, just talking about Ash. Like when I first heard the news, I was on a phone call and I was just like, you know, just chatting about other things with one of my friends, and then and then he just casually drops the news that you know Ash Party is retired from. Is this? You just said it so casually. Oh, by the way, Ash Party retired, and I just like, I just screamed like, what? like eight times, you know, and then I just hung up and I was just like, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. So like I scrolled through Twitter. I thought it was some kind of an April Fool's joke. It, you know, maybe somebody is, you know, just, uh, just created it just, just as a meme or something. And then I just, I scrolled through and I actually watched her Instagram video like twice. 
because it just it still hasn't registered that she actually like left the game at 25 years of age. And I guess there, we, we could have seen some of the signs coming based on some quotes that um, she had given after the Australian Open final and also just how much that just took out of her emotionally. And I was just, that was one thing that dawned on me today is that Ashbarty knew before the Australian Open that this was a decision that she was going to make about retiring. And so that makes the Australian Open feat like doubly more impressive because not only did she have the whole, the pressure of winning the Australian Open, which is obviously a tournament that means the most to her after her childhood dream, which was always Wimbledon. And the fact that she then like went through and beat everyone handedly in the draw and accomplished it the way that she set out to do, it just makes it way more impressive because I can't even, I can't even imagine the weight that was on her shoulders and what she was just having that burden of just like knowing this is potentially my last chance ever at doing this. So it's just, it's just remarkable. And it's like, like Owen said, like good for Ash, but uh, you know, we're all left disappointed because yeah. we, we wanted so, so much more and all those rivalries that we were really craving, you know, which Fiontech obviously having achieved what she's achieved and now at number two. Uh, yeah. The rest, of the, the rest of the locker room is probably just as shocked as we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh- to to be to be fair here like i started this podcast almost like hectically for for maybe two reasons one is just because obviously like who could have planned for something like this right and it's not like it's in our it's not on brand for us to plan all that much but this one is just ridiculous like we couldn't even think about anything that we could even plan for into because honestly like if you already if you cried about it i think today is like a, a, a new day and just start with some laughs i guess like it's 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 fun to be here like you enjoy so much of barty already like seriously there's a lot of good content of her so i guess we can be happy that she accomplished all that she did and she played extremely well and she pretty much brought the level of the game up with her with the game that she she that she created and she crafted it and she just had every every shot in the game possibly not as much of a top spin back end but regardless everything else was top notch and it was a joy to watch her. And yeah, like uh, as Owen said, like the, she had a uh, different goals in her career not, not her career, but in her life. And if that's what she wants to do more power for her, I guess, like she, she's already accomplished what she wanted to. And we're going to go back to the goal settings in, in a bit, but yeah what do you guys do you guys have anything else to say uh actually let me let me finish on this like when i as as we were discussing with this we kind of planned like when this is where i was and what i was doing when i learned that ashbody was had retired i didn't think it was a it was a joke at first but i was just sitting on my bed like just checking twitter for the last time out of out of habit before going to bed and just the notification of like top news the break um the breaking news just stopped popped up in my notifications and I checked that out it's like Ash Barty and world number one had retired from tens and I'm pretty sure I had the same reaction as bunch it was just like I was in shock and seriously and when I watched her video and I did everything like that I it even made me question whether my goals in life were set in the right place and if I should move on to the next chapter because it just felt like so cathartic (laughs) even for me (laughs) yeah I um I mean I was watching tv and um kind of like checking my phone incrementally just because I'm addicted to Twitter. Um, but I picked it up like, I think two minutes after it had broken. And so I'm I, like, I opened Twitter and like all the journalists 
or tweeting it's like s40 retired s40 retired and so like i got that like jolt in my chest like okay this is the new reality that we're living in um and then i watched her video on instagram before tweeting um because i wanted to like see and understand her reasoning um and i thought like yeah um it made sense um it kind of made me think that her style of motivation or her level of motivation is one that we kind of don't focus enough on in tennis like i think with you know four goats uh being serena williams in the big three uh all playing right now um a lot of fans including me at times have kind of defaulted to thinking if a player wins something they're going to have this almost infinite drive to keep winning and winning and winning until they physically can't anymore but in the grand scheme of things that's really not a common motivation um and so I think like what is more common is players like Barty who have a goal for themselves uh, when they join the tour. And then when they achieve it, like there's a natural letdown after uh, in terms of motivation. Like we, we saw that with Dominic's team a little bit, like when he won the U S open, that was at the end of a really, really steep arc of improvement. And he had started to mix it up with the big three. And I think after that, everyone kind of expected, okay, like he's going to keep going higher and he's going to kind of put an end to this era of legends But what happened instead, um, and it didn't happen right away, um, was that he kind of crashed a little bit and injuries were part of that, but he spoke about his motivation as well. Um, And so I think that like as fans, we would do well to kind of keep this in mind because I think this is the case for a lot of players. It's just not as visible because the player tends to be a bit lower profile. Yeah, definitely. We've been spoiled over the years by the big three and Serena. And it's so difficult to do what they've done, you know, week in and week out maintain that kind of consistency and motivation. And Ash Barty also talked about it in her video that physically she feels like she has nothing more to guess. Mm. And she's kind of hit a wall in terms of, you know, waking up, like, like finding the motivation to achieve her goals. And I guess for her, because she's from, she's from Australia, like she basically lived in a suitcase for six months um, last year and traveling through traveling the whole world, like uh, playing tournaments on the other side and, giving it her all and when you actually watch her play it, it doesn't come come through because you know she makes it seem like the way she her game is packaged and the way she deploys all of her weapons it's all very carefully crafted mm-hmm. and it seems like just very measured and controlled tennis and something that requires a lot of focus and discipline and commitment and you just don't see that when she's stro- stream rolling the draw um, at AO like you know, winning matches under an hour and making it look so making it look easy. Right. Mm. And, but actually there's so much more that goes beyond those, beyond the scenes. And I guess for her, because she's so talented and she plays so many other sports as well, you know, obviously with a story we've all heard a million times about her, you know, being a really good professional cricket player. Right. But she's also just probably just very gifted and has the hand eye coordination and skill to where like, she's kind of the yin to the rest of the yang. That's kind of how yeah. I think about it, like with the WTA tour. That's why I felt like this retirement in particular is it's gonna be it's gonna leave such a gaping hole on the tour to where like even though we do have sensational talent, obviously, and we do have you know Igor Sviantek, who's kind of becoming a generational talent herself and playing really well. And you obviously have really consistent now um, sort of top five, top ten players, and you have a wealth of talent in their teams. Um, and it, there's, there'll be plenty of excitement in the women's game there's always that question of like, you know, the players kind of saw Ash Barty as like the measuring stick of like, I have to get to this certain level to challenge Ash and learn from her and see what she does off the court, see how she deploys. I mean, the way she 
just played the game with with this ruthless efficiency with her with her serve and her forehand and her slice backhand and everything we've talked about for so many months because she's been such a dominant force it it just it just strikes me like how how uh, how much we don't put into the put stock into the fact like how much this actually takes out of players yeah. to do to do this on a regular basis like it's just not it's just not commonplace and she's only 25 but actually she's missed like almost three seasons already mm-hmm. because like two two seasons where she just she left the game in 2014 at the US Open and then she didn't come back until 2016 Wimbledon so that was the time that she missed and obviously she also, she's always put herself before the game and before her goals and her to her like achieving the results in tennis of like we we talk so much about results don't we we always talk about okay getting to the semis getting to the final winning x number of titles you know winning x number of majors and for her it never really was about that it was always like her priorities were always just i need to take care of myself this is my way there's no she mentioned in the video there's no right or wrong way there's only my way and so that really kind of kind of stuck with me that everybody carves their own journey everybody carves their own path and in a way, it's kind of ball, it's kind of a ballsy move for her to to retire on such a high like this, like after just having achieved like the ultimate crown. Like this is like the the ultimate thing. I mean, the only thing she hasn't really achieved she hasn't achieved you could say is the U.S. Open. But right. you know, she's won she's won that in doubles, and you know that's always anyway a tournament for her that she hasn't really quite resonated like it hasn't quite fit in with her personality and what we know of her. So that's kind of that's kind of the only thing. Like I, you know. But besides from that, I think like tennis would welcome her with open arms if she decides to return. And she's mm-hmm. still only 25. And but the way she was talking in her video, you know, it's diff- it seems like she has her mindset like at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it it seems very unlikely to think, but still a lot can happen when you're luck can change, like when you're 25. And it's like a comeback is never out of the question, but it just seems kind of unlikely. Like yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much tennis she's going to watch because I think um, yeah. I was reading one of uh, two Mike Royal's pieces about her, and he said that when, like, he, uh, she was talking during the Australian Open after she had won the first semifinal, um, she said she probably wasn't going to watch the second semifinal. Um, and, like, tactically, that would be a great idea to watch it, but that's not how she operates because she doesn't like, let tennis um, dominate her life. And I, um, yeah. Bonds, I agree with you that we we really underestimate how draining a sport tennis is. And I think a good way to look at that is the fans and the writers. Um, I think we all get burned out. Like as just as a fan, like Indian Wells, like great, great two weeks, really fun. But like Andre, you and I wrapped up the tournament yesterday on a podcast. Now Miami is happening now. Like it's not, it's not qualifying. It's, it's happening. Like there's no break and we're not playing. We are sitting on our couches and watching. Um, And these players, like, I mean, besides the physical exertion, they're traveling, um, they're practicing, they're dealing with, this was another piece to my knee wrote, um, about like the, the players have to deal with their own coaches and like fire them who are potentially older and figure out their arrangements. Like there's so much going on for them. And so I think it's really no wonder that some players just don't have it in them to do this for years on end, because who could, I mean, like at the end of a year of being a fan, I'm horribly burned out. I can't imagine what it would be like as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to imagine during the pandemic with all the restrictions, and players yeah, not that even too. allowed yeah. to like leave the site and even get like some like fresher, like even if you're from Australia, all the quarantining that you had to do. 
that's probably yeah. so draining in and of itself. Like I'd question after two weeks of doing that, like whether whether or not how many years I actually do want to play on the tour. Because mm. it's it's so taxing emotionally and physically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess when you talk about burnout, it's 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 really a real thing. Like it Yeah. We like we're just talking about every time after the Australian Open, or pretty much every time after a Grand Slam, except for probably the stretch between Roland Garros and uh, Wimbledon. Um, it's just, it's when you finish it, you just feel like, whoa, I'm just, I'm just gonna do something else. It's just like, it just don't feel like. It's not that you don't like tennis anymore. You just like look at it. it just your interest drops a bit. It's just like I don't think I care anymore. It's just like for now, I just, I just want to do something else, and that's kind of what you do. And not even is that true. It's like after Wimbledon. It's probably one of the biggest burns out and burnouts. And when the US Open ends, it pretty much crashes everybody. And to the point that I don't even know if I care about like anything that happens after it. Like, and, and you get to watch good matches and it's fun and it's everything, but it's like the anticipation is different. It's just, it's every time, every year for the World Tour finals, um, the year in championships, it's, I don't look forward to them. I just watch them and they're good but I don't look forward to them. And at, at the end of the day, it's just for me, it was really fun to watch. I, I'm glad I did it. I just, it always will exceed my expectations because I just have none. Yeah. <laughs> because I, for the, for, in the sense that like, I just don't seem to have the drive to care. And can you imagine doing this as a player, like having to manage so many things, including injury? Um, Barty yeah. mentioned uh, that she was struggling physically. And I wonder if she actually had any intentions to actually um, come back on tour. Maybe she took um, the time off and maybe the in the injury, the physically part of it hurt. Maybe it wasn't an injury. Maybe it was just the fact that I think Owen was saying that she mentioned that she was physically um, exhausted. Um, yeah. But maybe she was actually th thinking like, you know, that's maybe a good time. Let's just assess this instead of just like saying, right off Australia be like hey I'm retiring now bye it's just mm -hmm. like actually taking the time with her team to actually discuss and things like oh what are we gonna do like is this the right move um mm -hmm. how do I really feel and talking to maybe other people yeah. um so the fact that it took this long for her to decide it makes me feel even more like it's a decision that will last <laughs> and she yeah. will not and come when back you, when you're watching the video and you you remember the Miami the Indian Wells Miami withdrawal the statement that she put out yeah it kind of mm. checks out because you're like, okay, that didn't sound that clear, you know, when it first yeah. came out and, and it yeah. seemed a bit fishy. Like, yeah. mm. I, I, I think mentioning, yeah, like, like mentioning physical exhaustion. I mean, she, like the Australian open was, is the first big event of the year and she won it without dropping a set. Like I think under normal circumstances, I don't think she would have been that tired from that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I mean, yeah, now, um, Andre, can you imagine what would have happened if she had, retired during the trophy ceremony at the Australian open, like five minutes after that celebration yeah. and the crowd uh, and the crowd cheering, that would have been the biggest bombshell. Uh, in, would have. Yeah. And all that happened, uh, that happened at the 2015 US open. I remember with Flavio yeah. Panetta. Panetta yeah. 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 That was the last time I've yeah. seen a player actually retire after. I, I think that was less of a surprise though, because she wasn't as yeah. at her peak as Barty yeah. was. Um, and I think Barty retiring from, Ash Barty, world number one, just recently Wimbledon champion, retiring at home after winning a trophy um, that a, an Australian hasn't won in like whatever forty years or something. I yeah. think presented by presented by Ivan Gurov. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think I think it would. Oh my god, I think it would have been 
borderline disrespectful to the men's final that was about <laughs> to happen. So like, I won't, I won't say like it was outright, it would be outright this, but like, I think in Barty in her mind is like, I don't want to steal the show that is already on me right now. That, so like, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, do you think she like whispered to Google Gong when they hugged? Like, I'm waiting to tell people, but I'm going to retire soon. <laughs> like, Maybe. I mean, probably not, but that would Maybe she said something along those lines of like, who knows how many of these I will have, or maybe this is the lo- the only one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think this puts, like, not to take the focus off Barty, but I think what the, this puts what the goats are doing in a new light, like, to be able to do this for 20 years, like, around injuries yeah. uh, and all kinds of burnout and disappointments, it's insane. Like, the fact that they could love tennis that much, it's hard to imagine anyone loving anything that much. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's good to appreciate that as well. Um, but, like, a question I had for you guys is, like, how, how is this going to affect the game? Like, with Barty gone, do you think Sviantec is just going to kind of assume that role now of dominant world number one? Is it more complicated than that? Um, do you think this is going to have different impacts on different surfaces? Um, like, wh- what's going to happen? How has the tour changed? Hmm. A good question. I think yeah. it won't be as simple as, like, Sviantec will just quickly assume the role and take over. Because I think, uh, you know, week to week, like these players are meeting a lot more often. Like you have Sakari, Kontabe, Krachikova, um, Siontek, and then you obviously have a lot of players who are capable of producing upsets. So you definitely think like, and because I was looking at the rankings and it's sort of like two through eight and two through nine are only like a thousand points separating them. Mm-hmm. So it's very much like anyone could still get to number one with a big result here and there. Um, Triantec recently has improved a lot on hard courts and she's been taking her game to the new level and it feels right if she were to get to number one but I definitely think uh, we're going to see a few more players like maybe reach it for a week or two you know and then someone else gets it and then we might just have this passing between like four or five players and then like we might we'll still get really good matches and we'll still get we'll still get intriguing, you know, third, fourth round clashes like we've been getting. But I just feel like if we get, you know, if we can get Bianca and Rescue back and if we can get Naomi mm-hmm. Osaka back to the top and we can have some other players who have fallen off a bit or, you know, have been, have been injured. But because we were, we were just waiting so much for those rivalries, like with Triantec in the mix, I would have loved to see some kind of a, Chiantek Bardi or Bardi Osaka and rescue Bardi and rescue yeah. Osaka. Like I remember in 2019 when there was Beijing, that mm. tournament was amazing because you had Andrescu Osaka play like this amazing quarterfinal, was so good. which was so good. And then you had, and then in the final you had Bardi Osaka, which was also a really good match, three sets. Yeah. And you thought after that, oh, we're going to see many, many of these, you know, and, that, and we, we didn't see a single after that. And it's been, you know, two and a half years. So I just, I think the women's game, that's all we're missing is we're just, we're missing rivalries and we're missing like star power at the yeah. top. But besides mm-hmm. that, like for, for an average, for a tennis fan like us, like we still have, like we're still in a good, good place. But in terms of like transcending the game, I think we, we might struggle for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think on the rivalry front, like that's where it really hurts to lose Barty. Um, Cause yeah. not only was she potentially a very dominant figure, but she was going deep in every tournament she played practically at, at all the majors. Um, like if, I mean, with Sviant, with the rise of Sviantec, I mean, she's at number two right now, just one Indian Wells major champion. 
but it felt like Barty was like the last hurdle before she got to the top, right? Like not only in the rankings, but Barty had beat won all four sets they had played. Um, Barty was even more versatile. Um, like Barty was still better. And now it's like Barty is not here anymore. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like that that hurdle, which I thought was the potential for a really exciting matchup, um, is gone now. Um, and and I think as a fan, um, that's kind of a shame because like you said, Vaunch, there's not there's not one rivalry that kind of transcends the, or one matchup that transcends like the sport. I mean, like, I think on the men's side, when like you get all these crappy early round matchups, which you don't get on the woman's side, but then like, if the, if the top seeds get to the end of the tournament, then you have like a Nadal Djokovic and that, and the star power of that matchup is outstanding. Um, And we haven't seen something like that on the woman's side for a bit. Um, Like not the, that makes it worse by any means because I think those early round matchups are incredible. And I think you get good late round matchups as well. Like that, that Halep's Fiontech Indian Wells semi, I thought was great. That felt like, um, that felt Mm -hmm. like a class between two of the very best players in the world. And that's what it was. Um, And we get that a lot of the time, but yeah, I think, I I think it it does hurt to lose party. Yeah. 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 I think in the, in that sense, um, I think the hurdle thing was, very true and i think w- what this does is in a sense it kind of destabilizes a bit like the tour um and i think Barty, like in the sense that she got to number one i'm not entirely sure how much she never really mentioned much of like her number one thing like and she decided to stay in australia for almost the entire the entirety of 2020 pretty much so um you could see that it wasn't something that she was going to chase after so like, i need to defend my number one ranking i think for her it was always about the biggest titles that she wanted to actually achieve and the fact that she got to number one was a byproduct that was a nice to have and she probably tried when she got close to it but when you when you get players who are actually chasing uh in the rankings and then buddy retires like your number one player retires like you you don't really leave a chance for the number one next number one player to um get there uh it it, it might feel weird at first it's like yeah. you don't have that that chase anymore it's like what am i chasing after now so they're gonna have yeah. to like maybe re reconsider their goals and try to like um not necessarily that they will have to reconsider their goals but they'll have to rethink how how do they get there and what does it mean to be number one now that party yeah. is out it might it might take a while before i think i agree much the size like we might see like maybe three or four new number ones just because it might take a while before somebody say like okay i'm gonna become a number one and now the body's out for a while now it's it's definitely fair that if i get there like i will get there because of my own merit not that anyone wouldn't like for example if shivantek is the second best player in the world right now without party without Barty, she she is the number one player in the world so it, it definitely yeah. makes that sense but it's just like I, i'm assuming a, a person that has a mentality of like a sports person right they probably have very very clear um views of what's ahead of them because it's like it or not tennis is pretty simple right like you have to win a match and then you win a trophy like it's it's not necessarily like a rocket science yeah, although like i do kind of wonder yeah. i do kind of wonder like will she opt to stay in the rankings i'm not sure yeah it's a thing like i wonder but even if she does so like her her points will drop regardless so it's not like we're we're gonna keep her ranking points until somebody actually achieves this level and then you can be number one like that would be awkward (laughs) i remember when andy roddick retired like he stayed in the right in the same position in the rankings for like days and weeks and months (laughs) eventually got taken over but but like just 
Yeah, like like I don't think Shviantek. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure she'll take it, but you know, obviously, this is not the way she wanted to. Yeah, she yeah. will it, want it's to. It's gonna be yeah. weird. Um, like she, I, she will want to prove to herself, I guess, that she's yeah. number one. If like I, I, I was reading about this on Twitter, and like, um, it it is weird, Andre. They don't delete her name from the rankings. Like, I mean, she's not defending any of her points now, so they will drop. But unless she fills out paperwork. She could she could stay there, um, and like maybe okay. she will, and then Shviantek will become the world number one. But it's not it's not like an instant process, and and I think it is weird because I mean if I'm Shviantek, after winning Indian Wells, I'm saying to my coaches like, okay, time to time to learn how to play against Barty's slice because I'm coming for that number one, and then you yeah. start practicing that, um, you start practicing the return to like get that huge surf back, and then it's like, oh well. Like maybe I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe I should work on other things. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite a huge shift because I think even if this makes sense in line with Barty's philosophy, which it does, the timing of it, there was really no warning. Like why why today? Like no one could have expected this. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. Go on. Like, what was? Like, oh yeah, I had another question for you guys. So like, who do you think was her biggest rival? Because obviously you mentioned the Sabalenka. Bardi rivalry and Sabalenka did get her in the Madrid final last year, and they played each other eight times, and it's four four. Mm-hmm. And then she's played Petra Kvitova ten times, and it's five five. So, I'm kind of just because I don't, I don't think she, I don't really think of her as having like one big rival. She kind of just yeah, you know, had had everyone's number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, I, I mean, like I mean, Sviantek, who was rising up, like we said, she's two and zero against her, and neither match was that close. I'm. I feel like I would say Sabalenka, um, just because I feel like most of their matches last year were in finals or like late rounds of tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they felt big. I I know very little about her rivalry with Kvitova. Um, So that could be the same, but I I would say Sabalenka. Yeah, I I think I agree. Just in the sense that like Buddy was pretty established at that point and Sabalenka was up and coming and that was a little bit before her struggles started like to really haunt her, like especially on serve. So I think they produce some of the best matches at the highest level that they both could produce. So I think that I would say probably this is her, her lasting rivalry that will stick up like in our, in our minds for the longest, I think. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I would also say Sabalenka as well, because they played in, you know, the Stuttgart final last year, they played in Madrid, they played a good quality match in Miami. And then before that they weren't at their pinnacle. But they played some, they'd split some matches before. And yeah, I don't like, I kind of mentioned, I don't think she had one really clear standout yeah. one. So yeah. if you had to pick, it would probably be, yeah. it would probably be Sabalenka. Yeah. yeah. If, um, I mean, this is a useless thought exercise, but if we assume, say, she had played another five years, yeah. who do you think she would have developed rivalries with? Like, who do you think her ri- biggest rival would have been? If in this alternate universe, she plays until 30. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Based on like the current players that are playing right now. Well, if I dress you, you know, got back yeah. to the don't give us hope. Because otherwise it would be kind of more more or less the same. But with Shriantek, I would have loved to see Shriantek and Barty during the play season because I felt like even though she got pretty handily beat when they played each other in Adelaide and when they played each other in Madrid, although that was a little closer, but still it was pretty pretty one-sided. Yeah, I mean, clay is a better surface for Shriantek, relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would have assumed with the confidence that she has right now and if she's playing at her very best and if she figures out kind of the ways to combat the Barty Slice, then she would have become like a really good rival. Mm-hmm. And they could have had some more competitive matches. She might she may not have won, but it would have been like kind of getting closer and closer every time. Mm-hmm. And then eventually getting a win. Like yeah. I could have seen that. I could yeah. Kind of like a Djokovic Federer <laughs> Yeah, I, I could have seen, you know, maybe her play Halop a few times. I think that would have been fun because I think Halop always makes yeah. really good yeah. matches. Um, even though she's just coming back from injury, she's playing at a pretty high level already this yeah. year, getting to the semis and Indian Wells. And yeah, like her, her against Halop or, you know, Kerber, like Sabalenka again, like yeah. kind of, you know, players like that. And then, you know, Osaka, if she's yeah. I was in, her, say in Osaka. the right head space yeah. on, on hard courts, especially, like that yeah. would have been really fun to see. I think we would be able to see a lot of Osaka and. In- because Osaka seems to be heading back in the right direction. Just, I think she mentioned today um, mm-hmm. or in a recent interview that she's seeing a therapist now and she's really mm-hmm. trying to take control of her yeah. uh, emotions and her mind so that she can play tennis at the level that she wants to play. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like well, shifting the focus of it to Osaka. It doesn't seem like yeah. Osaka is in the same state of mind she doesn't like tennis or she feels like she needs to be ready for something it's just like she has a massive hurdle that she needs to overcome in order to do something that she really likes to but yeah yeah so i feel like osaka would be probably my my guess for what we would be seeing a lot on tour and i guess probably we probably would be seeing a few sakari matches probably like maybe like a second tier river rivalry between um an uh, Barty rival, really. So, but, but I think Sakari has been going very deep into pretty much every tournament she plays. Um, so, I think we would have been able to see quite a few of Sakari uh, Barty matches. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on the topic of Naomi Osaka, um, I like there are some theories that I think are have some. Um, I don't know what the word have some uh, merit to them. Where I mean, we've seen for a while Osaka like tennis the relationship between Osaka and tennis has not been the most smooth. Like she has been put off by fans, um, by the stress, like all reasonably. Um, but I mean, she's kind of in another, in a similar situation. If you think about it, like she's won four majors, she's won a ton of money. Um, she's young, she can win more, but now that there's precedent, like, uh, similarly, a young player, similarly in their prime kind of stepping aside, like, do you think this is something Osaka would consider? Um, because I don't think tennis has made her happy in quite a while. Yeah, she seemed... The thing is, I, I felt more kind of the inkling that she was going to 
you know, play a little bit more, prioritize her mental health at the same time, and just kind of work out the mental health struggles she was having last year, which really bothered her. Like, that's why I was really encouraged with her when she lost to Anisimova. And she came Mm -hmm. and she gave that press conference. And I thought it was like, you know, very encouraging. And she's gonna, you know, prioritize her health, but still take take their do do what's best for her. And then at Indian Wells, I think that incident kind of took her back because it reminded her of, you know, she mentioned, I think in her on court interview that normally in a situation like this a few years ago or even a few months ago, she wouldn't have been that disturbed by it. Because, you know, well it's obviously it's really not it's not nice to receive that kind of abuse and hear you suck. Hear like a heckler say you suck, you know, in the crowd and and all of that, but I think it just like triggered her memory, triggered a memory of like 2001 incident with the Williams sisters. And obviously she grew up like idolizing them. And so that was definitely a, a factor, like in terms of how she perceived that message mm-hmm. and like, like why it hit her so hard, because obviously, you know, we can't really feel like what we can't really see inside her head, what it would be like for, a, you know, a black woman in America to experience something like that. So from yeah. that angle, I kind of I kind of sympathized with her, but then, you know, I also thought this is also like something that's just bound to happen in sports. Yeah, yeah. like it is. It is just something that we see a lot in team sports, especially in in tennis matches, and obviously different players have different techniques of working it out. But I'm really happy that she saw a therapist because that's yeah, definitely, you know, yeah. that's definitely a, a step, and that's not an easy thing to do. Like. Uh, you know, some people might think it would have been very obvious to do something like that last year, but it's like not easy to put yourself in that situation and be like mm-hmm. that vulnerable yeah. and take a step back and do what she needs to do. And she's still, she's, I guess, a year and a half younger than Barty because she's like yeah. just 24 and she's won four majors and she has all this, all these endorsements. And she's, she's actually an example of someone who's transcended the game much more than Barty has. Yeah. Because I mean, Barty is really popular in Australia, but Saka kind of worldwide she's a global has that figure, household yeah. yeah yeah so she's yeah. a household name so maybe she'll look at this and think you know there's no right or wrong way to do this and you know i don't owe anyone anything but at the same time i i would still i still think her ambitions are so high and she's still pretty competitive that she'd want to keep playing for a few more yeah. years i don't know how long you know it may it may not be it may be be longer than barty played but not as long as you know some of the goats that yeah. we have playing right now into their late 30s and some are even in their forties, so I, I guess uh, we'll, we'll just have to see because it depends uh, what what happens with her. Because I think this is going to be kind of something she's going to have to deal with on a on a regular basis. But yeah. you'd hope that it's be something she can manage. I, yeah. It's kind of hard to predict. Yeah. yeah. So one thing, like if you're coming back to Barty, and it's a lot of talk of motivation and things like that, and I think that this probably came over with like the, um, the, the Pete Sampras race for the Grand Slam titles. He was the first one that said like, yeah. I'm going to beat that record because before that, the goal is actually, I'm going to win all of the four Grand Slams in the same year. That was the one goal. And then Sampras was like, I care about the number that I actually in my career with. Since um, then, all the talk has been about. Yes. Number of yeah. And, and the crazy the... thing about that is like it, in a sense, it takes away from the actual goal of like winning that title, like because it becomes so much about the race, which takes time and it takes labor and it takes a Novak Djokovic and a Rafa Nadal and a Roger Federer to do, which is absolutely insane. And of course, like let's never forget Serena Williams, who is 
the player who has the most Grand Slam titles that are valid in the history, right? So like, um, so it's, it's something that like, it's interesting, like maybe as fans, like try to make the topic of uh, the race or just like the goatness of everything, just to drop out a little bit and just be like, what is the goal of like winning and winning just the one tournament like think Yannick Noah I'll never forget the interview that he did at tennis podcast like Mm -hmm. my goal is to win Roland Garros and he said it like I'm gonna win this and he didn't say I'm gonna win this tournament 20 times or like 13 times like Rafa Nadal did it but like he just said I just want to win it once Mm -hmm. and the thrill must be just as good right like I mean if you won it the first time or the 13th of course like it probably feels different in the sense of like my gosh I've done this like this many times and Rafana, that was a different beast than Yannick Noah was. But at the same time, like if you Noah, you're like, I won this Grand Slam at home. I won the biggest tennis tournament that is in France. I don't need to win it 20 times to make me a Roland Garros champion. I just need to win it once. So like in, in, in that way, um, I guess the previous eras about like every title matters. Every title is a title that you play to win and every trophy matters because you're winning it was in a sense almost like a healthier lifestyle just because like Absolutely. it doesn't make you make you think so much of like who is the best of this era who is the best of all time who is the best in the grand slams and it it doesn't put so much on players in that one and i think that's party's mentality was that like i went away in wimbledon and and the way she won also um and by the end of her career, I think one of the best parts of interview is she says, like, I wanted to win in Wimbledon. And then after that, I think she considered retirement, she said again. But she said, like, part of me wasn't satisfied yet. Yeah. Like, because I'll, it makes I'll go sense. win the Australian Open as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one more time for the Australian Open. And she does it. And now she's an Australian Open champion. And nothing can never take that away from her. Right. And it's, the goal is to win the tournament. Not to win as many times as you can. Or not to yeah. break every record and things like that. Which is yeah. amazing. But it's reserved for people who have that ambition i guess and yeah. it, it makes more sense now when you think about novak djokovic and um rafa nadal when they say that they want to have those numbers um and federer displays because he wants to which is his it's just federer and i don't know how much <laughs> of this is just pr or is it actually his desire just, i just love tennis and i'll just keep playing <laughs> yeah i mean it I think like to be able to do what they have done, like requires a couple of different things. Like, obviously you have to love what you're doing, but you also need that hunger to like beat everyone and be better than everyone. Yeah. And then you also need to be completely resistant to burnout basically. Um, yeah. Um, I, I agree with all of that in terms of um, how Bardia's absence is going to be felt. I'm really curious to see what will happen at Wimbledon this year, because I think for a while now, Barty has been the obvious favorite on grass in 2019 like after winning Roland Garros, she was like a really, really popular pick for Wimbledon and she didn't win, um, but she was everyone's pick. And then tournament didn't happen in 2020. And then last year, everyone thought she would win and she did win. And you had a great semifinal lineup that year uh, with Kerber, Sabalenka and Pliskova uh, rounding it out who were all playing amazing tennis. But now like who the hell is the favorite for Wimbledon? Like you can't pick one name who is like yeah. clearly got a better chance than everyone else now that Barty is gone. Um, like on the clay, I think you have Sviantec. Um, hard courts, if Osaka is at her best, then like maybe she would be a pick. Um, right now it's much more open, but I think on grass, it's a total crapshoot right now. So I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking of players who I think like 
can transcend the game because I think, you know, their tennis is exciting. Their personality mm. is exciting. They bring something new to the table. Like Barty brought, you know, something quite new with her court craft. And it was a, a throwback style, you know, to the older, to like, it was a style that every tennis purist would love basically. <laughs> yeah. and, Except and for the so one-handed so backhand. It kind of broke the mold, right? Yeah. If but, she had a one-handed backhand, she would have been the most popular player ever. Uh, sorry, <laughs> amongst the commentators. Sure, yeah, but like that player to me, like you know, just watching Leila Fernandez, right? Like going mm-hmm. through the U.S. Open and the energy and like the excitement that she brings. Um, like she's a real like crowd favorite, right? So she's someone like if she can, if she can put together a string of good results, or she can put it together a run like she did at the U S open. Like I could totally see her transcending the game Yeah. in terms of, in terms of just like pop culture or like expanding beyond tennis fans. I think she has that kind of star power appeal. What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. And I think technically she also has the ability to take the ball early, which is super uncommon. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's something that you can't really develop uh easily i I could see her Um, doing really well on grass too yeah Mm -hmm. the way she takes the ball early and um and and this is kind of a slightly different um concept but i mean you mentioned these people who transcend the game and i think we kind of agreed that barty didn't really do that like i think uh, like Mm -hmm. amongst tennis fans she was like rightly heralded for everything she achieved like fantastic player but i think if you asked someone outside australia who didn't really follow tennis do you know ash barty they might say no and even inside tennis there was that thing for a while when a lot of people said she was boring to watch. And I feel like that's kind of interesting to look at because she had a huge serve, huge forehand, nasty slice. Like if you, if you um, set aside the two-handed backhand, one-handed backhand, she kind of played a lot like Federer. Like her style yeah. is sort of similar to Federer, who was one of the most adored players to watch. Um, so like, I'm kind of curious, like, why did people say Barty was boring to watch? Um, one of my theories is that she didn't really react a whole lot. Like I think um, even like it was all, it was all business with her, like not a lot of celebrations, um, never got annoyed at herself. And so I think some yeah. people, when they said they thought she was boring to watch, um, what they really meant was when she's on court, she's boring. Her game isn't boring. Um, but that was just one theory I had. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I think that's a good theory. And then also, she didn't really cherish the spotlight in terms of like, she didn't really want to be the center of attention in terms of, I remember when she broke through and won the French open because of the scheduling and because of how that whole tournament played out, didn't really get a whole lot of buzz outside of outside of the tennis world. And she was okay with that. Like she was okay with just kind of, you know, I play, I'm on the court, I have my goals. And she always mentioned we, 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 like as as an, as a team, like we do this, we do that. You know, we, we go about our business we, and she held her cards really close to her chest every time she was answered. It was almost like she was a really good like poker player mm-hmm. who didn't want to, you know, reveal her, her tactics and her. And she kind of had, you know, previously thought of responses that were clearly like, you know, media trained. And it was like, it, it's not that she wasn't interesting. She was, she, she, she would always uh, later on in her career, I think in the last couple of years, she started to give some more insightful quotes and some more some more information to, you know, get the fans, like get the fans to get to know her better. And then her game, like it was a very sort of disruptive style. It was not, um, it was something that was 
meant as like a foil to the other players. So kind of the other players, like I guess, but with Federer, you know, you saw a lot of, you saw a lot of, uh, you know, different kind of defense and offense. And you also had the phase in his career where he was dominating so much that you also had some players or some fans be like, you know, we kind of want someone else to, you know, start winning. And then you had, you kind of had his rivalry with Nadal and then you had, had all these other things, but with Barty, because there was, there was no one really else able to challenge her and create that rivalry and interest. I think if she had one or two players that were, that were constantly pushing her, like the way Federer had Nadal and then eventually Djokovic, you could have seen some more interest in that. Cause then, then people would have wanted to watch either to root against her or to root for her. And so that's where I think the rivalry component kind of, ha- kind of plays in, in the role in her popularity too, mm-hmm. in a way. Because I think some people who, who don't who find her game boring now, maybe they would have seen her play many, many times against Andrescu or Osaka or Shiontek, and then they would have been like, actually, you know, I'm starting to get around to her a little bit more. I, I kind of see what she's about now. And, I, yeah. and then I think slowly but surely, like when she did win Australian Open, you started to see some of that go away on social media. You started to see more people be like, okay, actually, I was a bit harsh on her. Like, I respect her now. Okay, mm-hmm. before I hated her, but now I respect her. <laughs> Yeah. So there was some growth, but not, you know, not to the point of yeah. people praising her again. Yeah. I think, I think Barty, um, the player is never really felt that marketable just because she, as you yeah. said, like she, she has, she was pretty muted. She never really felt like she was um, seeking the spotlight and it's not that Federer did it either, but he just liked to be there. He just liked to be meeting fans and just going around the world and just building his own brand while Barty was just yes. like, I play tennis <laughs> and it's like, yeah. this is it. And, and yeah. now that we know that she didn't even want to do this, this for that long. So um, yeah. I, I don't really see her as yeah. like the global ambassador type, you know? No, right. exactly. <laughs> Can it, you imagine it, her in a jacket that had like the AB logo, but the B is like a three or something for the number yeah. of pictures, like no chance. Like, Absolutely no, not. So yeah, sense. no, like Barty is just the person that it was a pretty muted world. Number one, just like, yeah, I'm the one number one. So what's like, it, yeah. What what about it? It's like it, it, instead of like Rafa Roger Federer, um, and Rafa Nadal is yeah. like I am the world number one. I am the thing. I am the the big deal in tennis right now. And it's like they cherish that in different ways. Uh, but they did that, and so did Djokovic. Of course, Djokovic had a little bit more struggles being a global ambassador with um, his own personal views and different things, so that um, hurt his image a little bit. But um. At the same time, it's not like people don't know Novak Djokovic, you know. I mean, like it's it, he he transcended tennis almost in his own way, but he he still yeah. did it. But Barty is just at some point you could even like ask like some some people like who is the world number one, and they might even know like other players and be like, no, it's Ash Barty, and they'd be like, who is Ash Barty? <laughs> it's like, well, that exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's just because she's a player for the tennis fans and not necessarily for everybody else yeah yeah. i I mean i I like what you said about her kind of being an understated number one like i think the fact that she was a number one for over a hundred weeks is gonna end up being one of the most underrated like under talked about stats in tennis um like i think when she gets brought up 10 or 15 years from now some people will have forgotten that um and And three years in a row yeah finishing your number one it's like yeah. closer to Federer than and, one and, and like skipping tournaments as well. Like 2020 didn't play the U.S. Open last year, didn't play the tour finals. Um, this year skipped the Sunshine Double. Um, and she was still comfortably in front of Fiontech. I think by 
over a thousand points. Um, yeah, like that's that's amazing. She didn't even play the. I mean, the French Open. She was injured last year. Like, yes, yeah, lost yeah. in the second round. Um, I, I think I was saying to Andre yesterday. Um, like, how long can she hold on? And we were saying, like, you know, might get tough in the clay season. But then I saw that, and I was like, she should pick up a ton of points there. Like, she could win the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, now n- not the case. Um, but yeah, but I mean, everyone keeps mentioning Bjorn Borg, but I'm I'm kind of curious yeah. because I mean, you know, Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg's case, I think, was a little different. He had already mm-hmm. won 11 majors. He had, he had his rivalries with McEnroe and Connors and uh, and other things. And then he, you know, he loses that match to McEnroe, and then he just he he doesn't return again. But I think it was that's the version that most tennis fans will tell you. But I, I saw this Twitter exchange between like you know Sakeb and Mart and yeah. the folks at Tennis with an accent, and then I, I saw Richard Evans, who's like a historian, like British historian, and he like chimed in, and he said that um, Borg actually tried to come back in 1982 yeah. like so the year after and he tried really hard because he wanted to get he wanted to like they had some kind of a contract back then that you had to play a certain number of mandatory events and he didn't want to play that much he didn't want to do that and he wanted to take a few more breaks and especially with the style that he had right which was super which was like really about breaking his opponent down more or less so it required a lot more physical and emotional um, expenditure of energy and he was like i don't want to play a lot of these mandatory events and the atp didn't agree so he kept on trying to get that push and he trained all of 1982. And then eventually he, at 26, he kind of decided it's, you know, not really for me. And then he came back again in 1984. He came back again in 1992. So it was a little, yeah. it was a little different. But then I remember with um, the closer comparison would probably be Justine Hennen. Because right. yeah. she retired in 2008 and she was actually number one then. And she was coming off an amazing year in 2007. She won, she won uh, three majors, I think. And she was 63 and four, might've been two. But she was she was really dominant, and she I remember she beat Serena in three of them, and she was like by far the best number one at the time. Like a, you know, amongst the players playing at the time, she was the clear number one. And then she didn't she retired after the French Open, and she had a few like you know not so great results by her standards before that. But she was still mm-hmm. number one, and she she left the game, and then she came back in uh, 2010 later. And then we, we remember because she played Serena in the Australian Open final in 2010. That was and a really good match, yeah. Yeah, and then eventually yeah. she actually hurt her elbow and then it was, it was done. Like in 2011, yeah, yeah. she retired after she lost to Kostetsu in the third round. So like, yeah. you know, maybe Barty in two years, like who knows? Because she was who also knows, 25. Yeah. And- I, I mean, she's got, if she wants to, she's got a lot of room to make a comeback. I mean, I think the biggest yeah. difference between her and Borg is that when Borg went out, he was not on top. He was close. Um, but McEnroe had displaced him at number one. Um, like McEnroe had become the guy to beat. And and Barty um stopped playing when she was still the woman to beat. Um, so yeah, I mean, selfishly, I hope she comes back in like two yeah. years. Um yeah. I mean, I don't know how she'll feel when she watches Wimbledon. Um and the defending and as the defending champion, she's not playing or at the Australian Open. Um and I mean I I'm not convinced at all that she will come back i don't know how much yeah. she's gonna miss tennis yeah. um but i think the sport would welcome her back at any time i and if, she, if she were to come back i do think she's one of those players because she's so gifted and talented and she plays yeah. all these other sports and she has this hand-eye coordination it's like magical i think she could actually like i don't think the game will move on enough uh in the x number of years that she's absent to where yeah. like i think yeah. she'd actually come back really quickly because she's really yeah. gifted Mm-hmm. I hope I hope somebody writes her biography. Ways. <laughs> that would be but cool. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah I, I, yeah. I agree with you, Vaughn. So like when when Borg tried to come back, I think this might have been in '92. But one of his comebacks, he tried to yeah. use like his old racket, 
And in the meantime, like string technology had changed. Yeah, like it wasn't, it, that wasn't going to work anymore. And like that, that same thing is not going to happen in the next five years. I don't think no, uh, at yeah. least not to the same extent. Um, so yeah, I think that is an option. I think for Barty, the one thing that I find is different from, um, and, 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 and everything like that. It's just like, she seems so sad that she achieved all she wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I think for Anna is, it was almost like a case of burnout and like almost existential crisis. Cause she went on to like, do like, voluntary like volunteering and things like that just That's trying cool. to actually do like uh philanthropy and things like that and or as for Barty, it just feels like she literally just achieved everything that she wanted to do and like when she hits a wall she said like i've reached the end of what i wanted to do here so that's why it feels like for me that she if she decides to come back is is that she decides that she has another goal that she wants to accomplish that she sees in her life that she wants to achieve something else in tennis and that will bring her like back to it. But it will be a new chapter. It will be a new party. It will be the same one because she felt that she missed something. You know what I mean? It's, it will be because she found something new instead of found something that she was missing. Yeah. Um, I, so, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't rule it out like her yeah. coming back in 2025 to win the US Open and complete the Who knows, career it? slam and then retire again. Um, like <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I think if she plays well, like she can win at any time. Um, She'd have to, she'd have to invest all of her, like, she'd have to be fully committed to do something like that. That's yeah, true. it's, it is hard to come back. Like, I think, like, I think physically, um, once you stop like training every day like that, you lose that quickly. Um, yeah. like that's, that's one of the reasons why, like when someone is taken out by an injury for a while, it takes them so long to come back. Um, yeah, but yeah, Maybe I mean, one day she'll just be tearing it up on the golf course. And she'll get yeah. to number one and she'll be like, you know what? I'm bored. Casey, I'm going to call you again. And then she calls Casey. And then I could totally see that happening. And then Casey's yeah. just, you know, Casey's I, like, all right. I think I know why I'm here, but I'll let you. Yeah. Just yes. go around to all the individual sports, like yeah. win all the accolades and all of them. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. just playing snooker and beating everyone. <laughs> I Like, I, I do feel lucky that like tennis got her as long as it did. Um, yeah. because I think she made the game really exciting over the past few years. She yeah. was just really humble and likable as well. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, I don't think anyone in the locker room or any of her peers, like it was great to see all the outpouring from like, these are players who she chops up on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, on the tour. <laughs> yeah. It's like the anti John McEnroe. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're all just like, Oh, you know, she changed the game, you know, yeah. massive respect, like so many players just, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we covered pretty yeah. much everything that we could. Oh, by the way, my favorite Barty quote. Yeah, I go actually on. found this somewhere because um, this was before she was playing Osaka. Um, yeah, it might have been when they played in 2018 in the third round. Osaka won that match. But before, before that match, she was asked by a journalist, you know, what do you think of Naomi Osaka and her game? She's certainly come along and improved through all these years. And her response was, she's a great chick who can certainly give it a rip. <laughs> Like I just read that and I just I cracked up because it's like so ash. Yeah, that's amazing. The <laughs> accent combined with kind of like her down to earth attitude kind yeah. of makes it impossible for her to say anything that's like too dramatic or intimidating almost. Yeah. Um it just it just sounds like you're talking to a bro. It's like Yeah, it's like, it, it, like I would want her as like a world leader just because listening to her would be soothing. Like I know. Yeah. Like like I can imagine her talking about, you know, like the newest wave of the virus. She'd be like, all right, like it's coming again, but we're all right, we're gonna deal with it. And like yeah. <laughs> like I would feel better. Um oh, man. but yeah, I think uh 
I, I hope that she, like, I, I, I don't think she will, um, but it would be cool if she stayed involved with the sport in some way, like as a yeah. commentator or yeah. a remote yeah. coach or something like that. That's what she, Hannah, yeah. that's what yeah. Hannah does now, but. Yeah. I suppose yeah, she I might, she might do some commenting like every now and then, but like probably. Yeah. Like, like just an Australian much. open commentator or something. Could be. Yeah. I mean, doesn't, um, what's his face? Leighton Hewitt does that every once in a while, too. Yeah. Oh, she could take oh. his job. I would be more than fine with that. And her, her best friend, Casey Delacqua, does it too. So maybe. Yeah. 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 And Yelena uh, yeah. Dokic at uh, the Australian Open as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Plenty yeah, of opportunities. When, once you've been number one in the world, there's only a sea of opportunities left for you after yeah. you retired. So. Um, yeah. so, yeah, I, I, I guess we did cover everything. And yeah. you guys have any final thoughts on Ash Barty? Um, I guess the people, the question people always ask, right, is like, how many majors would she have won? And that's yeah, like, yeah. if we're assuming like she stays fully fresh, fully motivated, like, you know, even if she has some injuries and like the rest of the field stays what it is, give or take one or two other breakout stars, right? Yeah. I think, I think it would go with like a, a like a very healthy eight, like, is it not? Eight, eight was the number in my yeah. head as well it was like because yeah. i feel like she could do like another five because like once you go past that like you, you're really starting to push it like really hard yeah. and yeah, like past, past eight is in the next five years if she wins like one each year that's a yeah. lot of majors so like you don't you don't get to win like 10 11 12 if you're not winning at least two a year like every yeah. once in a while like other every other two years so like, i feel like it's i think eight would be my number to go to for for ash body if she keeps if she kept playing with the same intensity that she used to. Yep, I like same. how you put the accent in the body. You're like, yeah. Ash body. You know? <laughs> body. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, mine, mine was like seven through 10 because I yeah. thought, you know, definitely Venus Williams and Justine Menon was a reachable goal for her. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the, the um, Grand Slam, like uh, the career Grand Slam winning all four. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess, I guess my final thoughts are just like, fantastic player uh, it was a lot of fun to watch her i hope she has an amazing retirement and i hope that it will be easier to get an interview with her now that she's no yeah. longer playing <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. we can get her to the tennis and Bigos podcast that's exactly. the only thing left for her to achieve in the tennis world <laughs> right right that th- that can uh fill the spot of the u.s open you know yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is that is the actual fifth major yeah yeah, fifth yeah. Fifth major everybody wants the golden bagel right indian wells is uh, a fraud like this is this is the real thing. <laughs> all right I, I don't usually appreciate indian wells slander but i'll give you that one because yeah th- th- this is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ash party was was truly a legend like she will yeah. be missed yeah very much so yeah thanks guys for uh the great talks and uh we still wish ashbody to come back someday uh if she feels like it so we'll be waiting um not necessarily waiting but we'll be very much welcoming if she decides to um so yeah so for a good um, miami tournament and i do hope that the clay season starts very soon so <laughs> <laughs> second yeah same cool same. it's just too soon yeah but all right yeah we'll hopefully we'll have yeah. a good tournament and it was fun doing the podcast finally all three of us yeah yeah cool all right sounds good see you guys later you can follow us at tennis and bagels and at tennis nation at bonish b2k and i'm at romberg andre and so yeah, yeah and popcorn Bye. tennis as well oh, yeah. thanks popcorn tennis yes do follow that all right see you guys 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 